It's the Sod Pod. Brought to you by Grassland Agro. The Sod Pod. Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 12 of the Sod Pod. In the last episode, we were joined by Simon Delaney, and he talked about being an agronomist with Grassland Agro and about the dairy partnership that he's involved in. In this episode, we're going to go and have a good chat about reseeding. I suppose many of the points about reseeding are very obvious. To increase the productivity of the farm, carry more stock per acre, increasing the live weight gain, you get faster regrowth and increase in silage quality and palatability. But where do you actually start when identifying a field for a reseed, David? Yeah, it's a very good point, James, because um, I suppose there's a lot of reluctancy this year, probably more so than, than ever, to reseed. And, and it's because of input costs, contractor costs, fertilizer, seed, to be fair, has probably not jumped in cost that much. Look, it, it is more expensive. But for, for all the points that you said, you know, you've, you've, you've better growth rates, better quality silage. You're, you're growing more forage within the farm system, which is, which is key. Uh, James, so look, that that is the reason why I suppose there should be more reseed reseeding going on um, on farm. But look, I, I suppose trying to identify where to go reseeding is is key. Not every farmer is measuring grass, um, that's fair enough. But there's a lot more indicators within the farm system you know, that that can identify uh, where where to go about a reseed. So look, the the first one is is the amount of perennial ryegrass in the sward, and that's um, very easily going to be identified by a purple base at the at the base of that um, plant. And you're going to see your your weeds in that fields that have a lot of, lot of weeds in them for sure and certain not producing their potential. Then the other one is the rotation length. If you have a long rotation between grazings, for sure and certain there. there there, there should be maybe t- think about putting a reseed in there and then the other one is, is the number of grazings you get within a, a, a paddock on the farm joint so they're probably the maybe the key indicators of candidates for, for receding yeah definitely the weed ingress and the performance of the sward even though maybe there isn't uh, the whole country measuring grass I think every farmer has a fair idea if they're operating a paddock system now listen if you're set stocking going to be that little bit harder but most dairy farmers will have a really good understanding maybe they're getting to to this paddock six times in in the year and maybe getting to another paddock ten so like a a lot of that though is and what's really important and what what i always find about um receding is that we don't maybe investigate the rationale behind why a paddock isn't performing so we just identify it's not performing then we decide we'll recede it we never look at the soil sample. We never say it's not performing because my pH is 5.5, my phosphorus is index 1, my potash is index 1. And to be honest, that's probably where we should be starting when we're trying to to increase the productivity of swords as well. It's it's normally, John, a case that just that field hasn't been ploughed in a long time. Might might have a <laughs> yeah. look at it. Yeah. Do you know, but that's, time, yeah. In, yeah, yeah. in reality, that's what, that's what happens. Like, do you know, but... Um, yeah, but if you've got a field then that's not performing, John, mm. so we're going to take go back to that point. There's no point in actually reseeding it if it's not performing. If you've got these really low indexes, so yeah. you're talking really here about building up these indexes to give that reseed a chance. There's no point in yeah. D- uh, and if you take that example, if it and and it's not always the case, but if it is because of poor soil fertility, poor soil structure, what you'll find is that as you start to build that in the soil, you'll actually increase the perennial ryegrass content of the sward. So you kind of increase the amount of those good 
valuable grass varieties in that particular paddock whereas you, where you really see this now is is in uh, kind of continuous or dedicated silage ground maybe one or two cut um, that's a little bit of far away from the farm and some of those days are only lasting maybe five six seven years and you know everyone's talking about persistency but I remember listening to a uh, brilliant speaker on soil fertility before and he said the quickest way to kill perennial ryegrass is by having poor peas in case you know so it's that important generally we find that's the the that a lot of grass farmers nearly feel like they're tillage farmers because they have to go in and, and reseed maybe every six seven years but if you're not looking after them then you're you're not going to get the the persistency and and and, and that, that probably comes up a lot chatting to different people in the in the trade they're talking about you know is the persistency of these new varieties is good um the the prime example is you'll always get a situation where a farmer says oh, i have this paddock beside the the parlor that, that i can't remember when it was plowed and it's still doing the business but it's probably very high in p and k versus this one at the end of the farm that's cut twice for silage doesn't get much slurry doesn't get looked after properly in p's and k's and i've had to recede it three times since the one beside the parlor has been receded so that's the prime example there of looking after the soil but it's probably gone on from that sean even on that silage ground that the uh, size structure has probably been affected maybe as well yeah i i remember uh whenever i was down in cork whenever done a stint down in the rebel county um i remember a farmer telling me you actually have a, a cork jersey as well i do in very proud of it too <laughs> the kids 10 to 11 <laughs> sizes big <laughs> loose oh jeez what bigger than that clear fit is it <laughs> <laughs> but um I remember uh, them you still can't fill them up I remember I remember a comment whenever I was out with a very very good farmer and uh, you know he he said that uh, this particular field that we were in I asked him when was it last reseeded because it was it was um, I was out on that farm a couple of times throughout the year and it was pumping grass every time I was there and he, he couldn't remember he said it was probably 30 or 40 years but it was still full of perennial ryegrass but the P indexes was at index 4 and it just goes to show you that you come across farms where soil fertility is very very poor uh, whether it's PHPs and Ks that ground might have been reseeded six or seven years ago and the farmer says oh that needs to be torn again so it can be down to soil health it can be down to management it can be down to grass varieties I've seen farmers plant seeds that was just unpalatable you know that's one of the indicators that farmers would say you know if the cows are unhappy grazing a paddock or torn their nose up that's another one to be fair now and this is a controversial one but an awful lot of maybe palatability is down to grass management too and pre-grazing yield yeah, would you agree? Oh yeah, no, hundred percent would agree. Yeah, hundred percent. But as, as Sean was like, I know the palatability, but as Sean was saying there, you know, you could have a sward that that you know that sward was 30, 40 years old and and still putting the ryegrass in it. But um, like I suppose, like when it comes, like when you're running a real tight system and a you know a steady ship, um, it's it's fine margins are going to are going to you know, make the difference. And I suppose just on as you said, varieties there, Sean, varieties are changing the whole time. The genetics of 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 grasses are changing the PPI is changing every year um, and I suppose varieties are, are, are I suppose on, on, the, on the top of the table and, and John Douglas often refers to it as the as the Premier League like you know um, of the grass varieties so they're constantly changing and it's those fine margins like even you know, half a ton could, could be could be a massive difference on, on, on a farm you know and one, one of the things I think one of the figures that uh, is used 
uh, or one of the key points whenever people is trying to promote reseeding is that you get a 25% increase in the nitrogen efficiency of the crop. And if you take that this year, say if if you're spreading a round of nitrogen and it's costing you 40 euro an acre, 25% of that is roughly 10 euros an acre. And if you're spreading that three or four times, five times, six rounds, seven rounds throughout the year, that could be 80 euros potentially an acre that you've wasted or you haven't got the bang for your buck. Do you know, and there's a lot of talk about people not reseeding this year. Well, based on that, Matt, it'll be, it'll be crazy not to reseed because next year is going to be higher prices of fertilizer than is the normal. So that's going to continue into next year. So two years by making a bad decision, not reseeding, you could have paid for more than more than paid for. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I mean, it's one of the ones that we see big time from doing the silage cutting ways and you know that really you're identifying what's underperforming because in a grazing situation it's very easy to see you know even if you're not grass measuring we're talking about if you're grass measuring it's on pasture based but it, in in the silage situation maybe it's it's much harder to, to identify because you know really and truly you're probably going to see most of it as it comes into the comes into the the pit like you're not really taking account of how many trailers are going in or whatever so cutting away in is very valuable and you can see the variation between you know n- maybe double the crop on the on the underperforming stuff like so you're talking about a five ton crop maybe on the poor stuff and up to 10 11 and 12 and you finally managed to to get to those numbers this year as well sean i know last year you were struggling in around six or seven but you've seen some of those big big crops uh this year didn't you yeah 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 i seen big bumper crops this year john i seen big bumper crops last year but i think that um Dry matter was slightly a small bit lower in Cavan Monaghan last year than it was in the sunny southeast. Just so, the dry yeah. matter, Johnny, was it? Well, yeah. <laughs> uh, or m- maybe I have bad eyesight, but it could be the eyesight as well. I was measuring, I was reading the scales wrong. Mixed right, mix, mix But I think one of the important things we were in Johnstown Castle with David Wall uh, there a couple of days ago, and I suppose one of the key points, I suppose, whenever David started. He torn, the first thing he done was torn the sod and we just sort of looked into the hole and we got about two hours looking into a hole talking about side like structure. Like the council, <laughs> 40 or 50 people looking into the... John, John spent two hours feeding the shovel. <laughs> you were breastfeeding, you were straight. <laughs> <laughs> so you saw it narrow and so he's bent over completely. But it's one of the it's it's one of the indicators that should be used. You know, we talk about looking at PBI, we talk about looking at our soil samples, actually going out and turning the sod and And that statement that statement that David Wall came out with Sean the last the you know soil compaction is, is one of the biggest biggest threats. Threats to the agriculture. The biggest threat, yeah. So, something else, isn't it? Unreal. Mm-hmm. And like and we know like we were talking about it on farm, like it's it's probably the number one topic on farm when we go out is is is, is talking about soil compaction and how it's affecting it or it or, it or how, cl- how well Claire's doing, uh, David. We just better mention it, brief, briefly mention it, the, the, a few matters that arose in the last episode. Uh, John correctly guessed the score, the full-time score, draw, 
Well, yeah, the, the 70 minutes. So, yeah, 70 minutes, yeah. predicted a draw. Well done, John. What, what was your prediction, Jim? I, I predicted a Limerick victory by seven points. I was technically nearer <laughs> to the point than you because you did predict <laughs> You're going to say the Sheedy, though, mate. <laughs> Sheedy's having some tough days at the office there on the Sunday game, mate. I tell you that. You did, did you, he must be texting each other comparing not. <laughs> but, um, no, but in, in fairness, like we're delighted to get to win the last day, Dave. I think um, which one you were asking, maybe. We Obviously, we had a great win in the football. We're in the football championship longer than Monaghan. Hey. And we're oh. marching on into the All-Ireland semi-final now against Kilkenny. Probably after a poor enough performance, to be fair, in the first half. But really got going then, Dave, and drove on against Wexford. Did surely, yeah. Sure, the the, the, the main man himself came, came into form. And it was hard to, oh, it's hard to, to play well, it's hard to play well every day. But uh, <laughs> she says no no bother to him. Would you be concerned, lads? Shaky first half obviously came out of the blocks fear strong in the second half. Uh, but then the two extra goals cause you uh, well, not, not, not even the second half I'd say the, like the last the last quarter probably yeah, um, do you yeah. know what, six points down with six yeah minutes. sure she, not even last, last, buried, yeah no uh, and Jim I just wanted to say that Aaron Shannon he's always good for a goal he's yeah, always good for a score too our resident uh, uh, vet Bernardo the vet I was in touch with him immediately after the game. <laughs> Bernard Furlong has resigned from being our consultant <laughs> vet since the result yeah I got on to him straight away and I said, not over until it's over. Great to win playing badly. Uh, and he came back. He said, we'll never get a better chance to beat you. When is the semi? And he went on to say, anyways, to smother a bit, that he was going to do support Kikenny. Big statement <laughs> from a Wexford man. Kikenny <laughs> <laughs> oh, in, le- in the semi-final like. You know, which obviously is a bit to taunt me, so we can't. We so like, is, that's is fair low enough. show clear people in general? Maybe it's just I'd you, John. I'd say it's just myself. Yeah, I'd say it's myself. But like, jeepers, I thought that to, to, for any man to turn turn his back. And only, he'd, be, he'd be only across the river as well. Oh, that's all. Ten minutes, yeah. But John started on, and David started the predictions for the last day. James, I want you to start and set the tone for the, the day out in Crow Park. What way is it going to go? I well, he's texting Sheedy here now. believe uh, you can never write off Kilkenny let's be very honest no matter what they've had a tougher this is in their seventh year since the won their last in 2015 uh, they've came close a few times we'll never forget 2019 uh, tip one that one but uh, <laughs> I, I would say obviously you can't write Kilkenny off but I'm going for a four point win for County Clare oh the better. and I'm a tip man so that's a big statement Davy. Yeah, no, I actually would agree with James, but uh, I, I think you're not going to make it easy. And I'd say it's going to be a bit of a battle now, like the last day. But uh, yeah, three or four point win. Um, and I'd say it's going to be one in the in the closing few minutes. John? Yeah, listen, I think that if Owen, Owen Cody gets the kind of space that, you know, Wexford were able to create, we could be in bother. But I think we'll have wised up to that. I think that it was a good uh, to win playing badly, as I said, but that it'll be the real wake-up call because like they were absolutely heroic in the Munster final and maybe there was a bit of a hangover and like my real fear was that obviously having to listen to those that Sean Wexford uh, <laughs> <laughs> and we have a few in the company as well I won't call <laughs> name or give their air codes or anything like that but God I would have got some abuse but I would have been just so disappointed that if we after the Munster final to, to, to lose if we had it done and, and not perform like you know because would have taken away from what's been an incredible year but that grit and determination is really good sign now I think and is it a replay you know, if it goes on. to a draw 
Or is it extra time? No, yeah, everything has to be decided on the day this year. Extra time penalties. Right. Yeah. I wouldn't care how we won it. It'd be one of rock, paper, scissors. <laughs> I'd be delighted. <laughs> so what do you what do you what margin are you going? You're obviously going for a clear win. Yeah, I I well, of course, yeah. I'd say a clear by I'd say four points, yeah. I think that's a an accurate one. I'd say it'll be kinda of in the melting pot and that um the Kilkenny be trying to pull out a goal, the leader will get it to devil it up or else um we we'll go down the other end of the field and Tony will drive one over. And, and John myself and yourself from the lower Hogan there, so uh yeah. keep, keep keep an eye out there on yeah. the telly. We're flying out to France <laughs> we're flying out to France uh, France then the the following day. Sunday, the yeah. three of us, yeah, Jim can't make because he's caddying at the at the Ryder Cup, but um <laughs> If uh, if he wasn't, we we'd all be up in Clare jerseys. Um. Uh, yeah, there'll be two of you. <laughs> and before we get uh, back to the receding, the other the other side, the draw, the other semi final. Oh, you, you give your prediction before you move on to the other game. I, I I'd love to see you draw. Uh, I'd love. <sighs> I'd love such thing. There's no such thing. I draw for seventy time. minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two of them into the final as well. Yeah, you? yeah, yeah. Um, look, I think that if it's if if it's, I like the way Clare whenever they had such a bad game up until whenever the game was there to be won they actually stepped up and they grinded out a result yeah. so I mean, they, they have it they have it in their locker they just need to they just need to do it for 70 minutes but yeah. I'd, we I'd, did the same in the football did you see that no 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 I'd, I wasn't watching was Clare no. Corfin Jam. he's done the business Tim Milan solid point the other side Serious. of the draw other semi-final other side of the draw um Look, there's Limerick, no hero, Limerick, I suppose, Limerick betting against nine. Limerick. Sure does not. No, betting no. for Limerick. But. I'd love to see Galway do it now, yeah. to be first. Perfectly honest. But, um, yeah, keep, before we move keep, on as well then, another clear yeah. woman in Kilkenny is uh, Eva Hayes. And From Kilroch, yeah. Big, big friend of yours there, big listener to the show, down in Kilalton. Yeah, she was in... Kilalton there. Yeah, they were having their 50th anniversary and they are open day there on, on Saturday the 25th. 25th, yeah. Yeah, 25th. Twenty fifth of June, yeah. Um, so yeah, Eve, Eve is very heavily involved in uh, in uh, tomorrow. Yeah, Jim. Eve <laughs> is very heavily involved in, in organising that. And uh, look, it's a it's a big one for Kildalton with the 50th anniversary. And uh, yeah. Eva Eva was actually in um, college with myself and, and Simon Delaney down in Waterford, so uh, we know her fairly well. And yeah, um, yeah so yeah, so look, it, I suppose Everton there's beef, um, sheep, dairy there. Um, Tractor driving competition, I think. Is it? Yeah. yeah. Go on, yeah, they have it all. Pat Corbett is going now. Oh, he wasn't, but he's going now. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I think there's an age limit and Pat will probably go down as you. Do you bring her on or the tractors will all? I don't know. <laughs> but, um, my, yeah. my prediction anyway on Limerick Galway, of course, there's no heroes here. Limerick hot favourites. I think they'll win it by seven, but I think we'll all, we'll all be rooting for Henry. We'll all be rooting for Galway as well. He's liable to get a big show out of him. They owe him something back now, and I'd like yeah. to see if Galway could step up to the plate and give us give us neutrals a great match to look at, and, and you never know. Yeah, yeah so Galway have absolutely nothing to lose at all, like, you know. So it'll be it'll be a fair battle. Yeah, I know. Listen, Galway will always have a cut now, and they they have a good a good side. In fairness, I think Carl Mannion on his day is uh, as good as Keane Lynch. Uh, I think if he was playing on that Limerick team, he'd be the best. Keane Lynch be back, will he? I don't know. Sure, they were taught, said that Peter Casey would be back for the mm. for the uh, monster final, but um, but geez, we better move on. But just yeah, Sean, he got a wise word for us. He has to get his prediction in. I Sorry, know yeah. Ball, Sorry, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'd love to see a tighter match than seven points, uh, yeah. but look at I don't know. 
I just loved. I, I wouldn't like to see in either semi final. I wouldn't like the fence. I wouldn't like to see any team running away with it. Yeah, because if 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 it's if it's tight, it's going to make for a very good final. I think. What What about Claire and Derry, Johnny? Hmm? Claire and Derry in the football. Claire and Derry. Yeah. I think Derry will just edge it, uh, Davy. Sorry to sorry to break your heart, but I think. Um, been, but I'm looking forward to see how what's over the double. Over the double. No legend, we could move on from the GEA hour here. <laughs> yeah. We might get back to Reese. Jim, Jim, we do that in the next yeah. episode. That's what we say. Jim is going to dig in sods in Mount Juliet. Is it in two weeks' time? <laughs> yeah, he's, he's going looking after the. <laughs> Jim will be going around with the microphones we have here interviewing lads for, for so the that, side pod. So lads, a lot, of, a lot of the farmers we deal with in our derogation now. It's past the twenty first of May. They can't take the plow, uh, take the plow out of the shed. Uh, non-derogation farmers can uh, there's obviously a place for for turning the sod um, but we have to sort of uh, I suppose understand why we need to do it and not just be doing it for the sake of doing it and something that we always would have done what would you be advising farmers what cultivation method is there one in particular that you'd be going for or does that matter is it more got to do with a bit of moisture being in soil good soil seed contact uh, and getting the P's and K's on whenever you're sowing it what's your sort of top tips for, for going forward I think the the climate is going to be a, a, a dictating one, Shawnee, because as you said, if you've moisture there and, and heat in the soil, it's going to give every opportunity for that seed to, to germinate. Like be it the plough or a disc or a mintil, um, I, personally, I don't think does does any difference really. Obviously, um, that process has to be information driven and, and, and looking at your structure is, is going to dictate how, how you go about preparing that seedbed. But once that seed gets good contact with the soil, and, and the conditions are right so there's moisture there and heat there and, and again optimum soil fertility um, it, it's it's going to be key because um, like if we've indexed you know, trees for P and K um, and PH is fairly good we're, we're starting off at a very good place also if the soil structure is, is relatively good so that gives every opportunity to do a mint hill and also so maybe go with two and a half three bags of uh, of a compound so a 10, 10, 20 or so a nutri start or something because look, I suppose that that's going to be information driven. That's going to be driven by your soil test result, and you're not going to put out an extra bag of compound, which is going to be a big cost to your reseed. Do you know? Um, a, a, a good tip that you would have given a couple of episodes ago, um, Dave, was whenever you're buying the seed, buy the spray as well. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was a I thought that was a good one. Yeah, because it could creep up in your shiny very quick. Do you know, you're talking maybe between between four and six weeks probably you're, you're going to go with your post-emergence and so you, you, you don't feel that coming around either like in, you you could walk out in that field today and so two or three days time like you know the those those seedling docks or, or whatever the 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 weed is um so they could be established and and, and ready to take off so you you need to you need to i suppose be very strategic with your timing and you don't want to be going ringing a contractor and he's coming this evening and you're running around the place looking for for a post-emergence spray John, nutrient recommendations whenever we're trying to get a new sward up and going? Yeah, phosphorus is the most important, really, to be honest. Um, phosphorus is key for tailoring, root development, germination, providing energy to that seeding plant. So that's the absolutely crucial. But as Dave said, like you're looking at kind of in around 20 or 30 units of phosphorus into the seedbed. That's the most common mistake I see in relation to receding. There's not enough phosphorus going out. Mm-hmm. It's a good opportunity to fix your potash as well. Listen, all these nutrients are important. The nitrogen is probably, you know, we don't need to go wild with nitrogen. We need to follow up 
30 days after to to kick it on is is probably more important than the nitrogen at at the seeding time that's probably less important because you have a very small plant it's not going to take up what's equivalent of a, a round of grazing worth of nitrogen in 30 units if you're going with 10 10 20 other common ones I see is lads not compacting the soil enough in relation to creating that soil seed contact. You often see maybe the the wheelings of the tractor are up much quicker or takes everything else an, an awful lot longer to get going. So that is really the only place for that roller in, in the farm system is consolidating the seed bed. You know, so making sure that you create that, that soil seed contact um very very important other ones like you say is letting the the weeds get too on in front so you have to make sure that you get in there early uh, especially with um the likes of um grass and white clover swarb because the the chemicals uh you used in controlling broadleaf weeds that are clover safe don't have the same load so that's basically the same impact as maybe your pasture tree or whatever is going to have so it doesn't have the same killing power so you have to be in earlier and get that done so one of the one of the standard products that farmers would have used down through the years was 10 10 20 there would have been going maybe three bags if yeah. if it was if your side fertility was okay but one of the products that we actually have NutriStart a lot of farmers actually get on really well and probably one of the reasons why is that it has that protected form of nitrogen so it doesn't really matter what the pH is it's an available form and I think one of the points that David Wall said whenever we were in in Johnstown Castle was that you know the efficiency the lock up potential lock up that you're getting from a compound fertiliser if your pH isn't he said as low as 10% yeah and the phosphorus especially having protected phosphorus like is in NutriStart is hugely beneficial Mm. another massive mistake I see people making is that they don't apply lime when they're doing the receding so if you're min tilling which everyone will be on a derogation farm from now on you have to use some sort of calcium to neutralize that surface pH and the pH of the trash breaking down. That's a really common one. They say, my pH is fine. You need to go with lime either a ton or a ton and a half. Even if your pH is perfect, to neutralize the pH of the trash breaking down. So that's very, very important. But um, It is. It, the, the lime is extremely important. And, and just just even from where, where I'm from, and John, you know where I'm from, like, there, there wouldn't be a whole lot of receding going on around the place but um, one in particular farmer there Alan Cahill he actually does a good bit of receding every year like he'd be doing a portion of the farm but he never put out a lineman product ever just it wasn't common practice when he was when he was receding but went to three bags of a granulated lineman product and so he's every time I meet him he says it to me like you know the difference it has made in, yeah. in the establishment is is, is yeah. unbelievable massive massive yeah I, I think just before we go to shout out to Kilalton and best of luck with that if anyone's getting in touch with Eva or, or her secretary and Eve Lee then do so and um That's great lads sound for that uh, just a couple of takeaway points so when you identify an underperforming field probably maybe the first visual uh, check for the amount of perennial ryegrass in the sward but uh, before you go reseeding let, let's go in check the soil samples solve the soil fertility uh, and the structure uh, get the P's and K's and the pH right. When you when you have spread your seed, compact the seed enough for soil to seed contact. Mind yourself out there. Farm smart, farm safe. Hey, thanks for listening to the Sod Pod. We hope you enjoyed it. To find out more, head over to www.grasslandagro.ie or check out our social channels. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn and YouTube. That's all for this episode. 
See you next time.